How's everyone doing today online? Uh, thank you for joining us online today as we've had to make a last minute change of plans because I had uh, exposure to someone whom I thought might have COVID. Turns out uh, she didn't and turns out I, my test came back negative this morning. So either way, we wanted to be extra safe. So thank you for joining us uh, for worship today. Um, welcome to Perch. My name is Al and I'm the pastor of Perch a hospitable community for spiritual wanderers. So for all of you who are joining us for the first time, uh, it's really great that you are joining us. Uh, please, if you don't mind, um, can you direct message the host, uh, Riley, and uh, give him your email um, if it is your first time. I would personally like to reach out to you and get to know you a little bit and hear a little bit about your story. Just a couple of quick announcements for today. Next week, we should be <laughs> should be meeting back in person here at this location, which is uh, Diggs uh, in Montrose. Uh, the address is on our website. Uh, but we're still going to be available for you to live stream via Zoom if uh, you're not available to meet us in person. And we'll be here till the end of the month, uh, at least. Uh, we are checking out other venues that we could possibly meet in um, in February, so we will keep you posted if that, that, if, if that does happen to uh, go through. So we will keep you posted, but it'll be in the Glendale area. Um, we are starting small groups this month. We have three that you can choose from, one in LA, one in Glendale, and one in Pasadena. And they are all meeting online, but every couple months they will meet in person for like a hangout, fellowship, uh, most likely like dinners or something like that. So um, please reach out to me at al at perch.church uh, if you want to join one. And um, Riley, if you could put in my email in the chat box for everyone, uh, that'd be great. And we're going to have you be a, a lot more interactive today in the chat box. So please utilize that to the best of your ability. All right. And we're going to start us off with a discussion question, all right? And please write your responses in the chat box because today we are talking about fear. And um, today's message is going to be uh, a little bit difficult for me to communicate because I've struggled with anxiety my entire life. I've struggled with depression uh, and anxiety for most of my life. And now it seems like um, my depression is getting better. Um, I don't experience it as much, but I feel like anxiety is something that I've always struggled with and will probably always struggle with. And anxiety is a form of fear. Okay. So if I'm a little messy today, um, that's probably why. And also it was a little bit of a hectic week. So please forgive me if I seemed a little scatterbrained today, but the discussion question that I would like us all to, uh, interact with and respond to is this. And this isn't cooperating as well today. When has fear prevented you from doing something that you wanted to do? Okay. When has fear pre prevented you from doing something that you wanted to do? I could think of an example from, for me from yesterday. Um, because I was waiting for the results of my COVID test, I had scheduled a yoga class and uh, in the morning. 
but because I hadn't gotten my results back, I was like really on the fence about whether or not I should go. I mean, I had no symptoms, you know, um, but as some of you may know, uh, you can be COVID positive. If you're vaccinated, you can have no symptoms and still be COVID positive. So I, at the risk of, uh, you know, infecting the other people in, in the class, even if I was going to keep my mask on the whole time, I was like, oh, I, don't, I was afraid to get them infected. Um, so I, I ended up canceling the class, which sucked. I was really disappointed, but yeah. Um, are there people responding, Riley? Not yet? You want to put the question in the chat box, maybe? And um, <laughs> since it's only the three of us in this room right now, I, I might <laughs> ask Courtney, do you have anything? that you can think of? When has fear prevented you from doing something you wanted to do? Mm-hmm. Mm, yes, so she expressed that there were uh, many times, almost every day, where fear kind of prevents you from doing something you want to do. And uh, most recently is a trip that you took. Yeah. Um, Riley, I'm going to hand the mic to you so you can read the response. All right, I have from Mel and Alex. Sometimes fear of losing community has prevented us from speaking out against toxic teachings in our old church. All right, that was great. Thank you, Alex, for sharing that. Hmm? Pursuing a relationship with someone who would make me have to be more than I'm used to. Oh, wow or not going for the career I want. Okay, that one, I'm sure a lot of people can relate with. The first part that person said was um, very personal. So thank you for sharing that. Okay, any more? This is really cool um, that like, we're hearing from you all as we're doing this live <laughs> technology. That is really interesting that um, that person said, uh, the first Alex, I think, um, first said toxic teachings from the church. And I think, I suspect uh, one of those teachings might be on the, around the topic of fear, I'm guessing. W uh, were there any more coming in, Riley? Okay. Uh, I think those are good examples. Um, because the Bible actually talks about uh, this theme of fear a lot, quite a lot. Okay, something is wrong with this thing. Sorry. Um, the Bible actually has over 500 verses that deal with this theme of like fear, like do not fear or do not be afraid, something like that. Okay, believe it or not, the Bible actually has 500, over 500 verses that say something along those lines. And 
because of that, people think of fear as like this negative thing, okay? Um, because, because there are so many Bible verses where God says to his people or Jesus says to his disciples or like an apostle says to uh, an early church, like, do not be afraid, do not fear. We can easily assume that fear is something bad, that fear is something that we're not supposed to feel, that fear is something that we're supposed to like shun away, that we're supposed to ignore and pretend like it doesn't exist. But as human beings, I think we all know, like in our gut, that's not true, right? So what's the deal? Like, why does the Bible talk so much about uh, do not fear? Say, say so many times, do not fear. Well, a lot of times in the context of when these Bible verses are given to God's people, it is in the context of God is with them, okay? Do not fear because God is with them. Do not fear uh, for the plan that God has for them. And there are also other passages that acknowledge human beings' fear, okay? And we're not going to go through all of these verses today, uh, but we are going to go through several, okay? And this isn't typically my style to pull from different Bible verses, but because fear is such a broad theme throughout the scriptures, uh, I am going to be pulling from various different Bible verses today uh, because we have to uh, draw from, like, different uh, sources, okay? And we have to draw from different books in the Bible and also observe what's going on within us and really be honest about what's going on in our society because fear has gripped this country uh, so tightly that it seems to dictate all of our decision-making and uh, it almost feels like we're being controlled and manipulated by fear, like way beyond what is reasonable. <laughs> and why is that? Okay. And why is that? I think part of it might be because we are experiencing PTSD. Let's be honest. Okay. Because around this time last year, it was really bad. <laughs> it was really bad. Right. And uh, winter season, like flu season, cold season is coming around. And like, we're thinking, oh crap, that's gonna be like another like, uh, like breakout, right? And uh, it's gonna, people are gonna be, millions of people are gonna be dying. But when I look at the statistics of what's happening in the hospitals right now, and when I read medical journals and scientific journals, uh, it's not exactly the same as it was last year, okay? Now there are things that seem worse and there are things that are better, okay? Uh, which is why I sent out that email yesterday, which I've gotten already a couple of responses from people who read that email who said it was uh, uh, dangerous, <laughs> uh, that was spreading dangerous information. But let's just take a look at what's happening right now, okay? And this is from the New York Times, all right? Um, so this was the image of the email that I sent out yesterday for all of you who are on our email um, thread. Now, we have surpassed 300 million cases of COVID positive uh, people, okay? Um, that's a lot, okay? And this last 100 million came really fast, okay? Within five months, and it's still rising like really fast, right? So it looks really bad, right? And it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, it doesn't matter. Um, 
if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, right? Even if you're vaccinated, people are getting COVID. But the big difference is that it appears to produce se uh, severe illness in fewer people than previous versions of the virus did. That's key, all right? That's critical, all right? So as you can see here, this is what's happening right now, okay? Um, the number of cases is really high. It's like a sharp spike, as you can obviously, because that's bright red, and you're naturally, uh, your eye naturally gravitates towards that, and you're like, oh my gosh, and you could instill panic and fear. But the lighter colors are actually what's more important right now. Okay, look at the hospitalizations, the yellow line, all right? It is increasing, but not nearly as dramatically as the number of cases. And the deaths, it kind of looks like it's plateaued. I'm sure both of those will go up in the next two or three weeks because there is a little bit of lag, right? For those who are infected, um, they don't go into the hospital until like a, a couple of weeks later sometimes because they don't know how bad their symptoms are gonna be and how severe their condition will be. Um, but this is way, uh, this is, uh, it looks a lot worse than it did last year because of the COVID cases, right? But the hospitalizations and deaths so far, this time last year, um, it's way better this year than it was last year, all right? And case numbers definitely mean less than they did earlier in the pandemic, says Robert West, professor uh, of health at uh, University College London. He says, if we had this number of infections, then we'd have an astronomical number of, of deaths, but we don't because many people are vaccinated, all right? So that has helped a lot, okay? And now you have to also look at the, the demographic of those who are being hospitalized, all right? These are not people who are infected. These are people who are hospitalized on the right, all right? Um, then as you can see, I don't know if you, is, is that too small, the text? Yeah, so um, the dark blue on the top, those are the people who are being admitted into the hospital. Those are people who are 70 years old and uh, older. Uh, these are daily cases of uh, patients in the United States hospitals that are going in, okay? So every day there's about 100,000 newly admitted patients. Out of those, 24, are uh, COVID positive patients who are over the age of 70. 12 are between the ages of 60 and 69. Seven are between the ages of 50. And it goes down. And if you're under 18 years old, uh, there's only two a day, okay, who are going into the hospital, okay? Um, if you're between 18 and 29, which is a lot of us here at our church, um, it's only four a day. And then if you're between the ages of 30 and 49, it's five a day. Okay, so those things, those numbers give you a little bit of perspective of how the reality is right now, okay? Now, Omicron, as you probably know, is a lot more uh, contagious than previous um, variants. Uh, and this is from the LA Times, okay? Um, despite Omicron, LA sees far fewer critically ill patients compared to last winter, all right? That is... That is true, okay? Now, at the hospital, the two hospitals where I work, we are kind of preparing for a surge of patients, but it's not gonna be nearly as bad as it was last year, okay? 
And most of where these patients come in is the emergency department and they get treated a little bit and then they're sent off, but that's still a patient that comes in for COVID, all right? We see far fewer patients who are in the ICUs and we see far fewer patients who are using ventilators because Omicron doesn't attack the respiratory system nearly as much as um, the previous variants did. Okay, and that's, that's key. Okay, those are like critical details that are important. Despite an unprecedented spike in cases fueled by Omicron variant, LA County hospitals are seeing far few critically ill coronavirus pa positive patients than they did last winter. And the reason why I'm pulling sources from New York Times and LA Times is because uh, I, I'm just finding that um, they, they read, they feel different than like the news that I'm getting from like CNN, <laughs> Fox News, MSNBC. Those news sources tend to be sensationalized. And I think part of it is because they didn't start off as print media. Uh, for some reason, um, LA Times, New York Times, and other news, uh, news sources that started off as print media, I, I just feel like they are more objective. Now, everyone is biased, okay? Don't tell me that no news source is unbiased, okay? Everyone is biased. But this feels a little bit more grounded and more um, uh, reasonable than CNN, <laughs> uh, Fox News, uh, MSNBC, because those are, my theory is that it's because those are um, ad-based rather than subscription-based. That's a big part of it, okay? So if these, uh, like New York, LA Times, I'm a subscriber to LA Times, right? They're not as interested in selling me stuff because I'm already a subscriber. So they could just present the news as is, right? News sources that are like ad-based, um, they're gonna want you to clickbait, okay? They're gonna clickbait you. And a lot of it is like fear-mongering. And they want you to feel something when, they, when you read the headlines. They want you to feel afraid. They want you to feel anger, right? Uh, and so they will definitely use this, these tactics to get you to keep reading. And think about why it seems like the panic, the fear is as high, if not higher, than it was last year. Okay, like I said, part of it might be because of PTSD from what we experienced last year, but think about who benefits from our fear. Okay, it is uh, the news media like CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, okay? They're also like big tech companies like Apple and Facebook, uh, Meta, <laughs> or even like Zoom, we're using Zoom right now, okay? Zoom, like stock has gone up like crazy. Or think about big retailers like Amazon, DoorDash, Target. Fear has been a driving force in uh, selling us consumers stuff like since the beginning of advertising, okay, since the beginning of marketing. And the greater our sense of fear and the more prolonged our sense of fear is, the more they can sell, the more money they can make, okay? So I'm, I'm just looking at this a little bit, maybe a little bit with... Um, cynicism <laughs> but i'm trying to be more realistic okay now i'm not saying like you know we have to be like reckless or like unsafe okay L i mean look at what we're doing today okay because i'm i thought maybe i might have been exposed to someone with covid we're meeting just online so we're still being safe we still want to be safe 
But at the same time, we don't want fear to control us, manipulate us, and to um, be Lord over us, okay? So fear is not a bad thing, okay? Um, what we're pursuing, what we're hoping for, is to have healthy fear, okay? And this is the central truth for today. Healthy fear will keep us safe and help us spiritually. Healthy fear will keep us safe and help us spiritually. And this starts with recognizing that fear is not bad, all right? <laughs> fear is a God-given primary emotion. Okay, fear is a God-given primary emotion. Psalm 56.3 says this, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Fear is uh, an emotion that God gave to every human being uh, since he created us, since uh, the time of Adam and Eve, since the caveman days, however you want to interpret it. It is a primitive human emotion. And fear primarily exists to help us to survive and to protect us from danger, all right? So think about like, early nomadic caveman days when they are uh, hunt, hunt, hunter and gatherer periods, okay? When they're out in the wild, okay? And there is a predatory animal, like your fear is gonna kick in and um, you're gonna react to it, okay? Out of fear, okay? Um, that is given to us, that emotion is given to us to protect us. Or let's say in, in today's time, you are in a building and you smell smoke, right? And your fear is gonna trigger you to react in some way, okay? And you realize the building is on fire and so you run out of that burning building out of fear to protect yourself. Or maybe um, to take it even, to make it even more personal, you're around somebody who is, uh, or maybe you're in a relationship that is abusive or that person might be even dangerous, okay? Um, you have these internal sense of fear to try and protect you, yet um, something is holding you back. Fear is a God-given emotion. Uh, it's a God-given primary emotion and it exists to protect us. Now, because of all of these passages that say, uh, do not fear, uh, Christians, unfortunately, <laughs> misinterpret that, okay? This, this is why I chose this verse to make my first point, okay? When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I love this verse because it acknowledges fear, okay? I have fear. I do feel afraid sometimes. Yet, when I experience this, I will put my trust in God. It is not saying ignore your fear, and it, it is not saying, like, fear does not exist, okay? Fear does exist, and God gave this fear to us to protect us and help us to survive. Let me give you a bad example of 
what this looks like, all right? This guy, this guy, um, I will restrain myself a little bit because uh, I can't stand this guy. His name is Sean. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Um, but usually I joke around and say a cuss word, uh, Fucht. <laughs> Sean Fucht, F-E-U-C-H-T, okay? This guy, uh, last year, he was hosting these like concerts um, nationwide, all right, nationwide, okay? And this picture right here is from Huntington Beach in December uh, of 2020, all right? So as you may remember, last year between December and like February was like really bad, right? It was the peak of COVID and he was hosting these concerts, um, these Christian music concerts uh, and having these like crazy super spreaders, COVID super spreaders. Like and you could see, I don't know if you could see in the picture but nobody in the crowd Okay, there's one person who's masked. But as far as I can tell, nobody else in the crowd is masked. Okay, oh, there's another, oh, the camera guy's masked. Oh, interesting. The camera guy's masked. Yeah, and the lady behind him is masked. And he would host, and it's like, oh, God. And a big reason why he would ho uh, host these um, concerts is because he was promoting his own music. Um, but one of the songs, one of the popular songs that he would sing is the song we sang today, which is No Longer Slaves. And they would sing this song and they would say, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. And they would sing these songs while probably spreading COVID. And it's just so stupid. It's like so reckless and unsafe. This is not what God wanted for his people. This is not what God is talking about when he's saying, do not fear. When he's saying, do not fear, he, like he's talking to the Israelites who are going into battle, right? Uh, he's talking to um, Christians who are being persecuted. He's not talking about holding these concerts. It's so dumb. And I can't believe, oh God. And like when I read stories like this, I'm like, I kind of understand why people hate Christians right now. <laughs> I totally get it, okay? Because we do stupid crap like this all the time. Oh, God. Okay. That was my rant. I'm sorry. Um, so that's like the extreme bad version of it. This is like the extreme of like what not to do, okay? But healthy fear does allow us to live freely. And this is the other spectrum of it, okay? Healthy fear allows you to live freely. Here are some... Uh, Bible passages um, that relate to this. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Psalm 118, 
verses six and seven. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. Uh, like I said, fear is a God-given primary emotion. Uh, however, it can be manipulated. It can be used against you to control you, to control every decision that you make. But what I love about these verses here is that it doesn't just say, do not fear, okay? It starts off by saying, do not fear, do not be afraid. And then it follows it up with something to replace that fear. It says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not fear, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And Psalm 118, uh, it actually starts off by saying, the Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Fear consumes a lot of space in your heart. Okay, it is a very strong emotion, right? Um, and we cannot simply remove that fear, okay? We cannot simply tell ourselves, like, don't be afraid, okay? And just remove that fear. Whenever, um, what the? <laughs> Whenever we are stuck in unhealthy habits or unhealthy patterns, we cannot just tell ourselves to just stop, okay? Sorry about that. I might have to hold him for the rest of the sermon. <laughs> Or do you want to take them for me? Yeah, just hold him and then he won't bark. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I do this with uh, patients that I visit uh, all the time. Um, well, not all the time, uh, sometimes. Um, when I'm visiting patients at the hospital because I'm a part-time chaplain um, at a hospital in Glendale and Arcadia, um, they'll often like admit to me that they're, they're afraid. And when they do that, it's actually really healthy. Okay. It's actually really good. And I want them to, um, my part of my goal as a chaplain is for them to, for me to help them acknowledge their emotion and name it and freely express it. So fear is a common emotion that many patients feel when they are at the hospital because they're getting ready for a surgery, or maybe they've just been um, given some bad news or their loved one is going through something difficult. And uh, when I am from, from, from time to time, when I'm with patients and they uh, leave the hospital and they admit, uh, like me, <laughs> that they struggle with a lot of anxiety um, and they, want, they admit that they don't want to be consumed by their anxiety, I often encourage them to replace that anxiety with something else, okay? Or to replace those unhealthy habits with healthier habits. Like if they wanna stop drinking, um, I would ask them to like replace that with something else, like maybe exercising more. Or if they want to stop um, being isolated <laughs> and being depressed all the time, I would encourage them to get connected to a community or to like share their feelings with like trusted friends. And so fear works that way, okay? We cannot just tell ourselves, do not be afraid. Um, we also have to replace that with something healthier. And oftentimes this looks, this takes the form of 
spending time with the Lord and being with God. And naturally, as you may find, if you spend more time with God and in a healthy way and a way that is helpful for you uh, to grow and mature in your spirituality, uh, you will experience more freedom. Uh, I came across uh, this video the other day on social media, and I was thinking about like uh, one of the safest places for COVID right now, ironically, might be prisons because they um, are very strict about who comes in and who comes out. Now, what's unfortunate is that when there is a breakout in a prison, um, like everyone gets infected <laughs> in the prison. But if, it, if they're doing a good job of like monitoring the visitors and like um, checking everybody, all the staff before they come in and making sure everyone's negative, um, then there's a lot of freedom there. And I came across this video of uh, a church or a chapel that meets in a prison, in a men's prison. And this is part of the reason why um, I asked Courtney to sing How He Loves Us, the song that we sang today. from a prison a men's prison yeah yeah i don't know about you but i want to live with that kind of freedom <laughs> as these prisoners yeah yeah there's this uh guy i've been watching and listening to he's a spiritualist a guru best-selling author his name's muji he says, uh, feelings are just visitors. Let them come and go. Feelings are just visitors. Let them come and go. And last thing I wanted to share with you all today was healthy fear begins with fear of the Lord. Healthy fear begins with fear of the Lord. Now, we're all going to be afraid of something. Okay, we're all going to feel fear, okay? Uh, like I said, fear is a God-given primary emotion. Um, but fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, okay? As it says here in Psalm 111, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts, which are teachings, uh, have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. Proverbs 29, 25 says, fear of man will prove to be a snare but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. 
Whether we are aware of it or not, uh, fear dictates our decision-making. And in some ways it controls us. So if you are gonna have fear, have a healthy fear of the Lord. For fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it's not this kind of fear where we're like so afraid that like God is gonna like smite us and like bring, you know, punish us for uh, doing something wrong. It's this kind of fear that uh, these two passages are talking about. It's talking about like awe and respect, A-W-E, awe, okay? And respect, okay? Healthy fear of the Lord. On the last Sunday gathering of 2021, um, uh, some of us like gather around here in a circle with our masks on and holding these like red candles. And I asked everyone to finish this sentence, Jesus be my blank. Okay, since it was like Christmas Sunday, uh, I encouraged everyone to finish the sentence with Jesus be my blank. And different people said different things like Jesus be my reality, Jesus be my hope. What I said was um, Jesus be my peace. And I'm hoping that this will be my a theme for 2022. Jesus said, these are the words of Jesus. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And what my hope and prayer is for all of us is that Jesus be our peace. And the vision that I had, the image that I had is that uh, we are in the center of a tornado, okay? Um, now, there is this like crazy storm that's swirling around us, but if you are in the eye of the tornado, it's actually pretty chill. <laughs> Thank you. It's actually pretty chill, right? It's actually really calm, right? And that is what I'm hoping uh, that Jesus be for all of us, is that Jesus be our peace. And even though if there's a storm swirling around us, that we would not be afraid for God is with us. In closing, I wanna read to us uh, from my favorite book, which I have read before, okay? And there is um, a blessing for different seasons and different moods that people are in, okay? It's from John O'Donohue. It's called To Bless the Space Between Us. So from wherever you are, I invite you to close your eyes. Three deep breaths in and out. As I read for us, a blessing for courage. When the light around you lessens and your thoughts darken until your body feels fear turn cold as stone inside. When you find yourself bereft of any belief in yourself and all you unknowingly leaned on has fallen. When one voice commands your whole heart and it is raven dark, steady yourself and see that it is your own thinking that darkens your world. Search and you will find a diamond thought of light. Know that you are not alone and that this darkness has a purpose. 
Gradually, it will school your eyes to find the one gift your life requires hidden within this night corner. Invoke the learning of every suffering you have suffered. Close your eyes, gather all the kindling about your heart to create one spark. That is all you need to nourish the flame that will cleanse the dark of its weight of festered fear. A new confidence will come alive to urge you toward higher ground where your imagination will learn to engage difficulty as its most rewarding threshold. Amen. All right, have a blessed week. We'll write it in the chat. Yeah, we'll write the name of the book in the chat. <laughs>